Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life and today I'm super excited. I have the talented Emma Shaw who is also the president of the SCAD Graduate Illustration Club. Hi Emma. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you are you were so nice whenever I had questions about any kind of meetings that the club would have and you were just great about answering things and I know you have a very busy schedule and so somebody who does that right away it would be like oh like a minute later she's oh she's replied that's so nice of her it was so so kind of you yeah I try to make myself as accessible as possible when it comes to issues concerning the club because I remember when I first started at SCAD and everything felt so overwhelming and when people were there for me to answer questions it was always so helpful and nice so whenever people come to me with questions I try to be that person to them and I find that this community in general at SCAD especially in the illustration department is so lovely and so supportive and it's just been a joy for me to be on the receiving end of that and hopefully pay that forward. Oh well thank you it's it was lovely meeting you through the the meetings and but besides that because I know you're so much more than that can you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Uh, well, my name is Emma Shoshana Shaw, hence my Instagram name, eShoshana. People get a little bit confused sometimes, but I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm currently a graduate student at SCAD studying illustration. And in terms of my illustration, I love bright colors. I love stylized characters and decorative motifs. And that actually inspired me to start uh, you know, dabbling in surface design. And now that's something that I do alongside of my illustration. And it, I really developed a love for pattern making. And hopefully when I graduate, that's something that I can do in addition to my illustration. And I feel like, um, you know, it's, it's something that has always been a part of my life. I love to draw, I love to create, and basically anything that I can get my hands on. I taught myself how to sew when I was younger. Um, I did ballet. I've always been somebody that loves to create, and I've always, you know, been someone who's very passionate about community as well. I love where I'm from. I love the SCAD community, as I said before, and just meeting people. I, I'm really passionate about having conversations with people. So, you know, that's just a little bit about me and I'm sure we'll get more, more into the details and the nitty gritty later on. Wonderful. Well, can you tell us about that moment when you felt like, hey, I'm an artist or I'm gonna be an artist? Yeah, that, that's a really interesting question because you know, like I said before, and I think like most people in our circumstance, we've always loved to draw. And that's just, you know, I feel like everybody has those stacks of sketchbooks in their room filled of their little cartoons that they did when they were younger. Um, and then when I went to school, when I went to college, I studied studio art and I was also an English major as well. So I've always been sort of a, a reader and a drawer. And those were my two identifiers. Um, and I always knew that that's what I loved and what I was passionate about, but I've never been the type of person that really thought far ahead. I've always been a day at a time kind of person. When I was younger, I never thought this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. And I feel like that is something that 
not a lot of people say because we really push this idea that you should have your life figured out. And it's sometimes difficult to admit when, especially when you're maybe at college age or when you're graduating college, that you don't have everything figured out because you see your classmates moving on and starting to take steps and going back to school or entering the workforce. And you feel a bit of shame if you don't automatically know, yes, this is exactly the direction that I'm going in. But it's true. I, I knew what I was passionate about, but I never really thought about it in terms of a career. But the moment that I realized, oh, this might be something that I want to do professionally, and it sounds really um, silly to say, but my best friend and I went to go see Tangled in theaters when I was a senior in high school. And uh, I remember we were sitting there watching the scene where all the lanterns light up, and we just we're so moved and we were, we were, I don't know, you know, just being so silly and like crying together as we were watching this scene. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, there was a team of artists that created this. And the idea that people came together and collaborated on something that looking around the theater, I saw children with their grandparents and people my age, all just enjoying it. And it is a bit cliche to say, oh, you know, I was so inspired by Disney. But I think it's true that there's some accessibility with those movies where people who don't make the connection between drawing is something that you just love to do and drawing is something that's a career. I think that was the first moment that it clicked for me that, you know, there are people who are creating this. And now I'm sitting in a theater with people of all ages and demographics enjoying it. And that was the moment for me that I made the connection between this is something that I'm passionate about and that I just love to do because I love to do it. And, oh, this is something that I could conceivably do as a career and bring that sort of joy to people. Um, you know, it, it's something that really stuck with me. And now as I've gotten older and my interests have expanded, I, I want to do different types of illustration. And it's something that you know, I haven't gone into animation, but that was the first moment where I just, I really made that connection. And I thought, oh, this is something that I could actually do professionally. So it's a bit of a, a cliche and a bit of a silly story, but it is something that is very honest to my journey as an artist, I guess. Oh, well, that's really insightful. And I can tell, I know um, when I look at your Instagram feed, one of the pieces that I was really drawn to, it's this very bright, colorful. And I think it's like, it, it, I think you mentioned it was like for a mural or something like that in a hospital. Yeah. That is a beautiful piece of work. And it just has said so much about like, there's this feeling of hope and joy and just beautiful colors. And I could see that in a hospital, like just brightening the patient's day up to see just that beautiful mural instead of a gray wall, you know? So I can yeah. see that in your artwork. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been told that my work is, is you know, quite joyful and I use bright colors and I, that's definitely something that I look back and I think, well, I, I can make that connection where I was inspired to pursue illustration because I wanted to bring joy to people's lives in the way that I feel like it's made my life more joyful. 
And that piece in particular is very special to me. That piece actually won uh, the Creative Quarterly illustration competition. And I did a pattern that was, I took motifs from that illustration. I also turned it into a pattern and then the pattern got a runner up um, shout out from the competition as well. So that was just a really special moment for me where I, it was a piece that I felt very passionately about and to be able to do illustration and surface design and have both of those elements of my creative process be recognized. That was a definitely a, an exciting moment for me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. And my next question is because graduate school is such a time commitment and you know investment, um, why did you decide to go to graduate school and study illustration? So that is, I think, a really important question, especially for people who are unsure about graduate school or maybe, like I said before, don't know what they want to do. Um, I want to preface this by saying, you know, you can always go back to school at any time, at any age. And I took a couple years off between undergrad and graduate school, and I don't regret that at all. I think it was, I needed that time in order to know that I wanted to go back to graduate school. And I actually, I was working in a hospital um, for three years. I would spend my summers when I was an undergrad working in a lab in a hospital, just, it was very glamorous. I would, you know, move urine samples from one freezer to another. Um, and then when I graduated undergrad, I didn't really know what I was doing, or I guess I was afraid of the possibilities. It felt like the world was wide open and I, I was so afraid of going down the wrong path. So I just went back to my job and eventually they offered me a full-time position because um, they had opened up a new infusion suite in the hospital for oncology research patients. And they hired me to schedule their chemotherapy cycles and to bill for the services that the nurses would do. And then just all these things, checking the patients in and um, assigning them to their rooms, monitoring the front desk. And that was my life for three years. And it was a completely different direction than I thought I would be going in. And I think that that's totally fine. If you are, if you find yourself at a point in your life doing something that you didn't see yourself doing, that doesn't mean that it can't be a really impactful experience. And I feel like I was able to bring, you know, a smile to the faces of the people at the hospital. And I was able to do something that I felt really passionately about that was making a difference. But ultimately I came to the conclusion that while I value the time that I spent there, that's not what I wanted to be doing full-time professionally. And I, I, I remember looking at the art that was in the hospital all the time and seeing the little touches here and there that people would do to brighten the days of the patients. And I decided that the best thing that I could do for myself was to pursue a career in illustration and brighten people's lives in that way. Um, so it wasn't that I didn't want to, you know, uh, it's not that I didn't want to continue to do work that would make people happy or spread joy, but I just felt like my calling was elsewhere. And I decided that graduate school would be the best course of action for me because I didn't really know how to go about 
building a portfolio. I was completely in the dark about the illustration process. It was something that I wanted to do, but I just didn't know how. And for me, education is so important. I'm very passionate about education. And if you don't know things, there's no shame in that. Uh, that's what school's for. That's what professors are there for. And the professors at SCAD have been absolutely amazing. I actually, when I was in Philadelphia working at the time, SCAD was doing one of their information sessions and I just decided to go on a whim. And that's when I was first introduced to SCAD and I had already known that I wanted to go back to school. I just didn't know where. And that was like, it was like the stars aligned and I went and I completely fell in love with the program through that information session. And they kind of came to Philadelphia right at the time when I knew I wanted to go back to school, but I wasn't quite sure where. And um, that's, that's kind of the story. I, I had an experience and I, I took really positive things from it, but I also, I think there are experiences that can tell you, maybe this isn't what you wanna do. And that will ultimately lead you to what you do wanna do. And then right at the moment when I came to the conclusion that I wanted to move in a different direction, SCAD kind of swooped in and, and made itself known to me. And so I applied and the rest is history. That's lovely. I love that to hear that side of it, you know, because it's like um, just such a commitment and a decision mm -hmm. to really push your education. And I do agree. I've had a wonderful experience with my professors as well. Mm -hmm. They are, yeah, just so amazing. Yeah. And just the practical knowledge of what the industry is like and the expectations. It's It's been so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, Oh, and so what is your preferred medium to work in and why? Um, so when I'm working traditionally, I really like to use concentrated watercolors um, and ink. And I find that that works best for me because I used to be such a perfectionist and working in ink, working in watercolors and not using pencil and just using permanent mediums, it just frees you up so much. and. I think watercolors, you know, they're they're so beautiful and and quite gentle, and and very pretty. But they also, I think, have an edge to them. And when you just sort of, you know, put them on the page and you are very spontaneous with it, I think they also have this vibrancy to it that I just love. And so I think watercolor is something that has been uh, transformative for me because I then take the watercolors and what I do in my sketchbook and I take those textures and I incorporate those into my digital media. And when the pandemic started, I feel like, um, you know, I didn't have access to scanners anymore. I didn't have access to art stores in the way that I did before. I couldn't just walk into a store anymore because everything was closed. And that was also the quarter that I took digital solutions at SCAD. So I really dove into digital in a way that I hadn't before. And I developed my own practice with digital and combining traditional and digital, especially with my patterns. I'll do everything traditionally with ink and watercolor and then I'll collage it in Photoshop and put it in repeat. Okay. So for me, I sort of, I go in between the two. I don't think that there's this, um, this binary opposition between digital and traditional like some people like to make. I think that you can use the two in a way that's very complementary. Um, but I always feel like I return to traditional 
when I need to shake things up or if I start to feel like I need some more inspiration, um, just picking up a sketchbook and, and holding you know, a, a dip pen in my hand, I feel like that always excites me and it makes me just fall back in love with not just the act of creating, but everything around me and observational drawing, I think is, is essential. Yes, I, I agree with the observational drawing and I'm more of a traditional person and it's, I don't know, it's one of those things, everybody's so different because I've seen mm -hmm. people, artists that are just like, wow, that blows me away. And, but then um, I think when I first go back to what I fell in love with, I wasn't on a computer. I was just a little kid mm -hmm. playing with my crayons or whatever, or my drawing pencils. And yeah, it's just something freeing about that. Yeah, I agree. So I wanted to ask, what's your favorite type of illustration work to work on and why? I really love editorial illustration. Um, I, I like the fact that it's, it's always new, it's different. The world is constantly changing and editorials reflect that. So the subject matter I feel like is always fresh and different um, and it's a quick turnaround for editorial. So you always get the chance to, to really dive into something new. So um, I, 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 that's something that I'm particularly drawn to. And also I think with editorial illustration, I really love the ideation, the ideation stage of illustration, the thumbnails, the comps, the brainstorming because you get to really have fun and play around and do things that are weird or different or quirky without having to actually commit to it yet. And I think with editorial, you get the chance to explore a lot and be a little bit more conceptual. Um, I look at illustrators like Brian Stauffer, who's an amazing editorial illustrator, and his work is always playing around with ideas and subject matter in a way that is so unexpected. And I think editorial really lends itself to that. Um, and as I said before, I also love surface design and patterns. And I think that people don't realize how frequently patterns are used in illustration. I think it's a little bit of like a, an underappreciated art form, but I think that um, those two are, are kind of my bread and butter in terms of illustration. And you mentioned um, one of your inspirations for editorial il illustration. Are there any other artists or illustrators that have inspired you that you want to share? Oh, so many, too many. Okay. <laughs> like you said before, um, you know, traditional illustration, I feel like that's what I go back to. And I think when I look at my main inspirations, they are all traditional illustrators like Gary Kelly. Um, I, I love Bill Donovan, the fashion illustrator, uh, Yugo Shimizu, who was actually a guest at GIC, um, during the fall quarter, she came and that was like a dream come true for me. I remember thinking if I can get Yugo Shimizu to come and speak, then that would just make the rest of my SCAD career. I think that she is such a powerhouse and has so many amazing, amazing accomplishments in her career. She's done work with museums. She's done editorial. She's done book. She does puzzles. She does advertising. She really, oh, she's done murals. She is a huge inspiration to me. And the way that she speaks is so fearless. Um, I also love Charlotte Ager, who was another guest for GIC. She uh, has 
just the most beautiful, gentle illustrations that are so emotionally resonant with me. She deals with loneliness, um, but also the joy that can be found in difficult times in her illustrations. And there's this very poetic quality to her work. And she does a lot of traditional illustration that she'll then collage in Photoshop. And she is somebody who I think is showing how you can take your traditional illustrations and and incorporate digital in a way that still feels authentic. And hearing her talk about that process when I met her was really inspiring. And um, I also love Kara Walker, yeah. who is um, a, a, just an exceptional powerhouse of an artist as well. And she's not so much an illustrator, but I think her shape-based art is something that I definitely take influence from. My illustration is very shape-based and I don't think there's anyone who really does it like Kara Walker. And the way that she deals with race and gender and sexuality um, in a way that is very unapologetic is very inspiring to me. And the fact that she's this female artist who has become so iconic. Uh, I, I think that, you know, female artists in general, I find to be incredibly inspiring when they deal with subject matters that are a bit taboo, um, but they, they do so unapologetically. That's something that I take inspiration from. So what led to your work for the SCAD um, GIC? Oh, that's a, that's a funny story. I, I applied for the secretary position and my friends encouraged me to apply and they said, oh, like we can all do it together. It was June and Yi Yi and um, my friend Andy, they all said, oh, it's gonna be so fun. So I thought, you know, they're right. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And I applied for a secretary position. And then when I interviewed with the former officers, they said, have you considered being the president? And I was like, what? They said, yeah, you should, you should be the president. And that was so unexpected and surprising to me, but it was exciting. Um, and I thought, well, if, if people believe in me and they think I can do it, then I'll give it a shot. And the more I thought about it, the more excited I got, not just because they believed that I could do it, but I just had all these ideas for what I could do. And then that was back when they had announced that fall was going to be in person and then everything moved online again and as we know things have been online since and now a year later we're finally transitioning back to hybrid and to on ground but i was told after things moved back online oh well you know you don't have to do it you know gic can remain inactive until things are on ground and i said well that's a wasted opportunity you know i want to take this opportunity to connect with e-learning students or to you know bring in people professionals who now have zoom at their fingertips you know and so many people that i've talked to so many guests said yeah i just sit at my desk all day so you know i might as well take this opportunity to talk to students and engage and engage with them and i i am really happy that my team was on board with that and you know, having virtual meetings. And I think it was really exciting for a lot of people to be introduced to guests who may not have otherwise been able to come down to Savannah in person. That 
was, and I'm grateful for that because I did go to at least two of the events that you guys held, and I was like, "This is fantastic!" Oh, <laughs> I cannot oh, believe thank I, you. it was. And like, I went to the Yuko Shimizu one because I'd watched mm -hmm. all her TED talks and things like that on YouTube, and like you said, so inspiring. And I was like, she just got the Caldecott honor and wow. and they got her to speak to us and I was just like so thrilled it was like oh my goodness this woman does everything so everything. well and go ahead and with the Caldecott medal she won that after I had arranged with her and then she won the Caldecott medal and then she was speaking just a few days later and I thought wow like this could not have been better timing <laughs> I was like, did they plan? Did they pull these three? I was just like amazed at the timing. I was like, I'm a, my because my interest is in children's book illustration, uh -huh. and I looked at her book, the the Catman of Aleppo, and it just the amount of research and hearing her how she approaches these topics and her take on it, I just was like so insightful. Because yeah, yeah. but thank you so much for having her. And I also went to the art director that you had for Wired Magazine. That mm -hmm. was really insightful too. Yeah, I think with art directors, it's always interesting because they all have these subtleties and nuances for how they like to communicate and how they find illustrators. And you see the differences, but there's also a lot of consistencies. Mm -hmm. So I find that always hearing from art directors is really important. And she actually reached out to me and said that a lot of SCAD students from the meeting had sent her work and sent her their websites and she was so excited and she hoped to get more. And that was really nice to hear because a lot of times it can feel very inaccessible for students to reach out to art directors, but to have an art director say, no, I wanna see more work. This is really exciting for me. And to take the time to speak with students, it breaks down that wall of what can feel really intimidating and very inaccessible. Amazing. So how do you guys decide um, the topics and who you're inviting to be at the meetings? So I try to choose people and topics that are genuinely interesting to me, but also I take the interests of my peers into consideration. So while I'm not personally looking to become a concept artist. I know a lot of people in our department are interested in concept art. And I make an effort to represent those interests. I invited a professional concept artist for Doom and he was also a SCAD alumni. So alumnus, alumni. Um, and so that was sort of a, a double getting to hear from somebody who graduated from SCAD and also a professional concept artist. And for me, it, diversity is very important. I don't want it to feel repetitive. I don't want just book illustrators or editorial art directors. I like to get a mix of markets and professionals. So in addition to getting an art director for Wired, I also had an editor from Chronicle Books come and speak, which she she's actually the best friend that I saw tangled with. She now works um, in uh, publishing and she's an art director for fiction and, or, or, sorry, an editor for fiction and she moved from Chronicle to Penguin. So it's kind of weird how our lives have intersected like that, but we had, um, you know, Yugo Shimizu and she does everything. And we've also had 
editorial illustrators like Brian Stauffer, we've had um, Professor Stephen Gardner do a demonstration. So I really try to, to get a little bit of everything. So hopefully at least one meeting will be of interest to somebody and that's the one that they'll attend and find value in. So I don't expect everybody to be interested in everything, but I want to create enough that that something is going to appeal to somebody. And so with all of the things that you're doing, how do you maintain, I guess, that whole work-life balance, you know, being a graduate student, doing this organization for your fellow peers? Like, how do you manage all of this? Any tips? I'm not sure if I have the best work-life balance because I, am just very, I'm very much a, a nerd about my work. I love to throw myself into things fully. I've always kind of been that way. Um, I, I, I've gotten a little bit better about taking time to foster support networks. And in addition to the SCAD GIC and in addition to my work as a graduate student, I also um, am a part of a creative response workshop with a team of creatives in Philadelphia. And we meet every two weeks. And that's something that has been essential for me to have a space to be creative and have conversations outside of my work as a graduate student. And so I would encourage anybody, if you can, to have a support network outside of school or outside of work and really foster that. Um, I also, I, I like to take time to do things for my mental health. I think that's very important. Um, I like to, especially now that we're all in front of screens, get up and just move around and exercise, um, take time to connect with my friends from back home. It can feel very overwhelming in those 10 weeks. It's kind of a whirlwind of a quarter when, when you're a student at SCAD, especially because the quarters are so compacted. Um, but finding those support networks, I think is, is been very essential for my work-life balance. Thank you so much for that advice. What are your plans after you finish your graduate degree? Um, after my two week sleep, mm -hmm. I will probably, um, and this is something that, like I said before, I've never been particularly good at because I'm the kind of person who is, I'm going to, get through this quarter and then I'm going to get through the next quarter. But I, I think as you get older and as you become an adult, you do have to start planning ahead and planning for the future. And SCAD is very supportive with that. They really are very helpful in providing resources and you have to do internships. So they definitely prepare you for thinking about the future. I want to teach ultimately. And I had the pleasure of TAing this past quarter for Professor Ryan Sanchez, who I had an absolute blast with. And I, I already wanted to teach, but he inspired me to want to teach even more. So hopefully when I graduate, my goal is to do editorial, to do surface design, work in the industry, gain experience, and then eventually move on to teaching. Um, but I also, it, deep down inside of me, I, 
I would love to do a mural when I when I graduate. That's something that being from Philly, murals are everywhere. It's such an important part of our culture. And, you know, I grew up seeing murals everywhere. And that's definitely something that inspired me to want to become an artist. Imagine being a kid and it's like an art playground when you go into the city and you just see murals everywhere and getting to um, do a mural would, I feel like, be a dream come true for me. And there's a lot of opportunities, I think, for illustrators to do surface design. Um, and I think I consider wall art and murals to sort of be a, a sort of you know, large scale version of surface design. So hopefully, hopefully someday that that'll be a dream that will come true for me. I definitely can see you doing that and your passion for your community and for your um, other creatives is so exciting. It's very like, um, just talking to you. I'm like, I want to go out and paint a mural. <laughs> you know, I want to go do these things. So that's fantastic. So if you could go back in time and give yourself a little bit of advice about your art journey when you're watching Tangled in that movie theater with your best buddy, what would you tell yourself that you feel like you know now? Don't compare yourself to others. Um, yeah, I talk a lot, but that's kind of it for me on that one. I, I think that comparing yourself to others, there's a difference between finding inspiration and using that as motivation, um, looking at your classmates and, and seeing what they're doing and, and using that to, you know, maybe be more creative or try something new, but comparing yourself to others as a way to put yourself down, um, it creates so much heartache and so much unnecessary angst. And I used to do it all the time. Um, I would look at other people and think that if they're doing something good, then that's, you know, that's something that is a reflection on me not doing something good. You know, I, I didn't see it as other people can succeed, therefore I can also succeed. Um, and I've never been the kind of person that has ever not wanted other people to succeed. I always want the best for other people. Um, it's why I wanted to, one of the reasons why I wanted to be president, because I wanted to provide opportunities to my peers and do things that are inspiring to them. But at the same time, you know, I, I sometimes look at other people and I think we all do this. We see what they're doing and we think, well, what I'm doing isn't as good. And that's just not true. Um, you have to, everyone's journey is different. You have to focus on your own journey and eventually you'll look back and see how far you've come. And, you know, you can, you can trust that. That's an excellent piece of advice. And I totally agree with that. I, when I went to uh, back to graduate school, cause I had like a 10 year break from when I started and then came back and mm -hmm. I realized, and I think it was the teaching that helped me out a lot. I just flipped my mindset. I was like, I could sit here and try to, in my mind, mentally be in competition with all these talented, wonderful people. And then I was just like, you know what? Forget that. I just want to be friends with the talented, wonderful people. Exactly. I want to learn because like, that's what I feel like is a big part of graduate school. I'm fascinated with how people from different backgrounds think and process, like we'll get similar assignments and then we'll be like, wow, I never thought of that. That is brilliant. That is like, 
And it's because of their individuality of their life experiences, where they came from, how they just deal with things. And I, I just go like, that gives me a little insight into them. And then when you talk to them, you're just like, that is so cool that you have an amazing story. And everybody I've interviewed, I go like, that is really cool. That's something I didn't know. And I learned a great deal from it. Yeah, you just said everything that I was kind of thinking, but didn't really articulate, but you said it better. I, I totally agree. Befriend the people instead of comparing yourself to them that are in your space, in your community. So wonderful. So thank you for bringing up that insight. You know, I just, um, oh, in my uh, next question, it's one of those deep questions. After you've created all the art that you've ever wanted to make, what are three final truths you would leave behind? Um, I think something that is important for me to always articulate is that art doesn't need to come from a place of suffering or angst. I think there's this, and it, it can, art can come from anywhere, any emotion, any experience. Um, I feel like the whole mythos of the suffering artist can be romanticized in a way that I don't necessarily think is accurate. I think art can come from a place that is joyful and happy and positive. Um, and so that's something that to me, that's a truth that I believe very strongly about. Um, I think that art is like a sport. It requires practice and dedication. Um, people will always say, oh, I wish I was born talented with drawing or creating, but I just wasn't. And I sit there and I think, well, you know, I didn't just roll out of bed. I, I put in a lot of time and effort and, and you can too. And I guess that leads me to my, my last truth is that I think anybody can draw. I think anybody can create. Um, you just have to have the right mindset. You have to have the dedication. And that's not to say that everybody's going to be the most amazing artist in the world. That's not to say that there aren't people who have a natural inclination to drawing at an early age. But I think that if it's something you're truly passionate about and something you truly want to do, if you put in the work and put in the hours, you will see improvement. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the whole idea of art being a talent mm -hmm. is something that might be discouraging to young people mm -hmm. because they think, well, that's just a talent I don't have. Mm -hmm. And I want young people to know that, you know, art is accessible. Um, art is something that can be extremely positive in your life, in your community. And maybe it's because I'm from Philadelphia and art is very much a community-based thing it's not necessarily that's it's not necessarily something that everybody does for money and i think that as someone who is aspiring to make a career in illustration obviously i'm always looking to to finance myself and to be successful financially with my art but also there is that inherent joy separate from the profession and just creating and there is value in that um that was kind of a whole like spiel. I don't know if that necessarily answers your question, but those are all things that I do believe to be true in my experience. Um, and I think that, you know, art is, it's 
something that everybody can connect to. Well, I know why they made you president. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> You're just fantastic to speak to. I just, man, I can't wait to read your thesis. I mean, this, I mean, I'd go like, I don't know what it'd be on, but I'm just fascinated by it. You could pick any topic and I could just, uh, so I'm really, I'm going to look forward to reading your thesis. Oh, and thank you. Um, and then where can people see, because I've been mentioning your mural, or the mural piece that I mentioned that is lovely, your pattern um, work. Where can people see uh, your artwork online? So my Instagram is eshoshana with two N's. Think um, Shoshana like uh, Shoshana Dreyfus from Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> um, that's my middle name. Um, so eshoshana on Instagram. And then the link to my website is on my Instagram. It is ishoshana.myportfolio.com. Um, and you can check out better quality pictures. I feel like Instagram pixelates everything. I don't know if you have that struggle with me, but I always like to tell people, but check out my website too, because everything's nicer quality. And I always include some process work with my illustrations as well on my website. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, and you know, I am always interested in connecting with fellow illustrators. So I look forward to, you know, seeing this podcast go up and um, it's been wonderful to connect with you and to talk to you and to hear your other episodes of your podcasts. You're such an amazing host. I feel like you could probably host the GIC meetings better than me. You're so eloquent. No, I, I just adore talking to fellow artists and they're background and it just it, it really inspires me like I know that I can keep doing this because everybody's doing it from different avenues and thank you so much for sharing your personal uh, and creative journey with us today and I wish you the best on your career and the rest of your uh, degree so thank you Emma Oh, thank you. You too. Yeah, we've both got some thesis projects to do and I'm sure that yours is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Well, thank you, Emma. Thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Bye.